God downloaded what I was supposed to preach about, and I was surprised as I started looking back. And it seems as though um, God has been leading our church. Uh, if you'll recall, probably about three, four weeks ago, uh, the message was about to start swinging. And then the next message was coming awake. And then last week we talked about being good stewards or, or just doing something with what God's given us. And, and, and this week I feel like God is, is calling us to a sermon. And once again it seems to be an action step. So what I'm interpreting, because sometimes I'm slow to hear, my wife might echo that sentiment, um, but God is speaking to his church about getting ready to do something. I really feel like that's the message that God is, is, is bringing to us, the message that we need to hear. It's almost as if he's calling us to order, calling us to do, calling us to be engaged. And as I thought about that, in my mind, this is, this is a picture that I had in my mind of old engagements, okay? Uh, and, and I want to talk this, this morning about a position in this engagement. Uh, if there's one person in this picture that I don't want to be, one person in the flesh that I don't want to be is this guy right here. I mean, can you imagine him when they're lining up and they're giving out the guns and this guy gets a carbine, this guy gets a musket, he gets a revolver, and they hand Mike a flag? I mean, seriously, in my mind, I always assumed it was like Barney Fife, the guy they wouldn't trust with much more than one bullet. Because he was going to shoot more of us than he would of them, so the one thing he can do is carry this wooden stick. But the reality was that guy was a, a, a position of honor in the regiment. He was, he was one who was well esteemed in, in, in the military, the one who got to carry the colors. That was truly a privilege and a distinction for those who were there. So there's two guys. They get to carry the colors. I mean, everybody else is having fun. They're shooting and, and they're stabbing and I get to hold a flag. But I want to tell you a story about another flag bearer. So this morning, it's like history class. Brad was talking about school, so we'll just go to school today. This is uh, this gentleman behind me. His name is Joseph de Castro. De, de Castro. I'm going to read this. It was the third day of the, Civil's War, the Civil War's Battle of Gettysburg. Everyone involved in this southern invasion of the Union knew how critical a victory would be for either side. Everyone was willing to risk everything to get the upper hand. That's when Robert E. Lee ordered... Uh, James Longstreet, to charge the Union lines and take Cemetery Hill from George Meade. Among the Union defenders was Joseph de Castro. And he was about to become the first Hispanic Medal of Honor recipient. De Castro was the flag bearer for the 19th Massachusetts Infantry, a job that was arguably one of the most important in any unit. Troops put a lot of faith on their flag and on the man who held it. They would give their lives to protect their regimental flag. And there were very few humiliations worse than losing the unit's colors to an enemy. In a practical use, the flags told the men attached to those units where they, would, where they were on the battlefield. And when they couldn't hear the commands over the din of the fighting, they would still be able to see their colors. For flag bearers, the job was an incredibly important honor. Walking the battlefields unarmed, the color bearers could never run away from the fighting and always had to be in front toward the enemy. If the colors broke and ran for safety, the rest of the entire unit might instinctively follow. This is why Joseph de Castro was so brave. He spent the entire Civil War as a bright-colored, slow-moving artillery target. Pickett's charge slammed right into the Union's lines near Corporal de Castro's position, 
two unarmed flag bearers began to go at it like everyone else in the melee. De Castro used the staff. He had something. He used the staff of his regimental flag, knocked out the opposing flag bearer, stole the 19th Virginia's flag, then left the battlefield to present it to General Webb. Webb remembered the event. De Castro then went right back into the fighting at Gettysburg, again taking up his position as the regimental flag bearer in fighting. He would survive Gettysburg and the Civil War, but not before being rewarded the Medal of Honor for his courageous capture of the enemy's colors in the middle of a battle that became well known as the high mark for the Confederacy. It was a victory that ensured the Confederate army could never again mount an invasion of the North. It sealed the South's fate. This general felt like this moment when Joseph de Castro took the flag, the colors of the Confederate army. It was the turning point in the Civil War. Why? What's the deal with flags? I wanna, I'm going to have a quiz now, okay, because we're in school. So here's the deal. I want you to tell me what these flags represent. What is that flag? So when you see that flag, you know what it means, right? You've got to be quiet. You've already looked at these. Don't, don't, you, don't you talk too much. What's this flag? I mean, we see flags everywhere, right? Oh, yeah, we know what that flag is. Many fly it proud still today. Anyone? Huh? No, no. What'd you say? Knights Templar is what that one is. That's a Knights Templar flag. I mean, you're just learning something today. What's this one? That's a Christian flag. Anyone know? Look close. It says it on there. That's Kentucky's flag. Anyone? Boy Scouts of America. The UN flag. Anyway, flags, they, there's something that, that comes when we see a banner. It, it, it begins to, to talk to us, and, and there's a position in which a flag or the standard that is raised, it compels and changes people. So today I want to talk to the church. I believe that God has been calling us to action. He's called us to swing. He's called us to awaken. He's called us to do something. But today I want to give you something that can be done. Today I want to give you a position in which you can be used by God in the, in the moment that we're living. Because I believe that the church, the body of Christ, the armor of God, whatever word you want to use, needs a standard. That we need something to look at. I'm going to pray, Father, we thank you this morning for this moment. I pray, God, that you speak to our hearts this day. That as we look at the word of God, as we spend time in this place, Lord, that we can recognize what you are speaking to me. And we can hear you and respond. God, I pray against distractions and discouragements in this place. I ask that our focus could be upon you. You would speak through us and we would hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. Raise Raise a standard. There's a story about a standard in Exodus chapter 17 I want to read. And before I read that story, I seem to be in the story of Moses a lot. I'm pretty compelled by him. Uh, When it comes to leaders, he was a good model for Christian leadership. So Moses, before Exodus chapter 17, where we'll be this morning, does anyone know what's happened? Israel had been enslaved, remember, by the Egyptians. So Moses 
has been called by God at a burning bush, this bush is caught on fire, to lead God's people out of Egypt. Was that always easy? There were a lot of problems that came up. First, Pharaoh wouldn't let them leave. Then there were these plagues. So Moses is leading the people of God out. What do they come to? They come to a sea, and the, the Egyptians are behind them, and so he parts the Red Sea. Problem. Moses solves it. And then what happens? The people start to complain because they're hungry. Moses in leadership, this is why I like Moses, because I think Moses as a leader shows me that, that sometimes problems arise and he begins to solve them. So he prays to God, there's this whole manna and quail thing that happens. Exodus chapter 17, what happens right before this in verses 1 through 7? The people grumble and complain again because that's what happens when you lead people, they grumble and complain. You've got to be expecting that. Why now? Because they're thirsty. So what does Moses do right before this? He takes his staff, he strikes a rock, water comes out from the rock, and his people are content. Like as a leader, we like moments when people are content. So I'm guessing Moses is feeling pretty good. He solved the problems of of food and drink. He solved the problems of grumbling and complaining. He solved the problems of slavery and bondage. He solved the problem of the water that was in the way. I mean, this is a good moment to just take a moment and relax. So verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Come on. I'm a leader. Why one more problem? I mean, here we go. One more problem. I've been leading the people. I solved all these other problems. The first thing that happens, now there's enemy armies that are attacking us. So Moses says to Joshua, choose some of our men to go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other side, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the word of the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. Make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under the heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, Because his hands were lifted up, because hands were lifted up, Against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Raise a standard. I said, I like Moses' leadership. Moses recognized that there was one position that he had to be in this battle. There was one position that was important for him in this season that was coming, in this enemy that was attacking. So where did he go? Do you remember what the scripture said? He went on top of a hill. And he began to hold up his hands. And I find this compelling with the idea of raising a standard. Like why? I mean, this is this weird thing. Like if I'm Moses and I started to recognize, like my hands are up, we're winning. My hands are down, we're losing. I'm like probably playing games. Like, you know, up, oh, oh, oh. I mean, Moses is recognizing that there's something profound in the position of his hands. His standard is the staff of God. What he holds up. For the people of God to see is the staff of God. Why the staff of God? Because that's the staff that Moses had at the burning bush that turned into a snake. They'd heard about this 
the staff. That's the staff that he stretched across the sea, and the seas parted. They could recognize the power of God in this staff. That staff stood for what God could do when he struck a rock, and water came from that rock. When everyone saw the staff of God, the standard of God that Moses held up, their confidence was that God could do anything. And it's interesting. I don't know the the details. All I know is that when the staff came down, when Moses' arms were too tired, they started to lose. And when Aaron and her, when they would push Moses' arms back up with that staff in his hand, they would start to win. You know, much like Moses or Israel, there have been a lot of battles and a lot of trials that have come. There's been a lot of attacks, whether it's on the church or it's on our homes or it's in our lives. There's been a lot of things that have come against us. And I truly believe the, the, the necessity of this moment is someone who's willing to cling to the banner and hold it high for all to see. You see, I really feel like we're looking at the same thing that Moses was experiencing. Like sometimes we're holding it high and everything seems to be going well. And then we put our arms down and everything goes to hell. Excuse me. God's calling us to raise a standard. I'm telling you. I don't know if it's you. I don't know if it's a loved one. I don't know if it's a friend or or, or a brother or sister in Christ. But someone in your life needs someone that would hold the banner high. The one that demonstrates the power of God. The one that demonstrates the promise of God. The one that demonstrates the kingdom of God. That says, you know what? I don't know what else is going on. But I don't know how many enemies there are. I don't know how big their guns are. Or how many bullets they're shooting. But right now, all I can do is stand here with this flag held high. In scripture, the banner. It's interesting. We see it used for different things. The banner tells us our alignment. We read in, in, in that story about De Castro that, that by holding the banner, it, it showed the, the, the military, the regiment, where they needed to be positioned. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, the Israelites are to camp around the tent of meeting some distance from it, each of them under their standard in holding the banners of their family. Like, we got it lined up, so here we go. All you Kentucky people. Go to, have you ever been to Mount Rushmore? We've got all the flags. And when you go to Mount Rushmore, you look for your state's flag, right? You're not worried about everyone else's except for Maryland because it looks really weird. So, so oftentimes by you holding a banner, by the banner being held, it's helping others know what position they need to be in. What did they say? If the armor bearer, or if the standard bearer were to retreat, what did others do? They followed. You see, alignment comes from the standard. People know the position they should be in because of the standard bearer. Not just alignment, but also 
allegiance. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, Because the hands of the Lord were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. We put our hand on our heart and we pledge allegiance. What is your allegiance? It's your will. It's your purpose. It's, it's what you believe in. You're saying, I stand behind the colors, what this, this flag represents. When we see the flag, I love the 4th of July here in Crawford. And they pull out the flag, and, and, and what's the announcer's name? Old Les Oldacre, or what is it? Is it Les Oldhouse? I don't know. I knew Casey would know. And he begins to read his, his story that he talks about the American flag. And, man, you feel good. You just want to stand up and scream, America! Like there's something in you that, 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 that allegiance to that cause, that when you see it, it resonates with your heart. I'm telling you, people need to see the standard, the banner of the Lord lifted high so they can cry out in the allegiance that they have for what it stands for. The banner of the Lord that raises up, that says I'm a child of God, that I'm, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, that I've got a position in His cause, which is victory. Not only is it allegiance, but the banner is accomplishment. And I was thinking, and I'm not going to read these verses just yet, but um, in, in World War II, Iwo Jima, that, that, that moment that we see time and time again of the soldiers where when we were able to, to capture and, and, and take back, they were planting the flag of, of, of the United States. Why? Like, why did Neil Armstrong plant a flag on the moon? <laughs> because it was an accomplishment. And that accomplishment wasn't just about those men that were planting the flag, but it was about the cause in which they were fighting for. There's something about the victory that we celebrate when we raise the flag, when we plant the flag. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary, grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now, this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They're brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call. It says, may we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. I'm telling you, there are people who need alignment. There are people who need to recognize accomplishment, the, the, the what, the why. There are people who need to see allegiance. I'm sorry, that's the, the why of this. There are people who need alignment. That's the where of this. And there's people who need to celebrate accomplishment. That's the what of this. So the question is, what position are you in? 
I don't think it's hard to see the need for a standard. I don't think it's too challenging to recognize people that are out of alignment. Their allegiance is here, where, and everywhere. Their sense of accomplishment is, hey, I don't know if this is going to happen or not. Jesus Christ declared, it is finished. Jesus Christ cried out, it is accomplished. He has said that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That's, that's who we are as children of God. Someone needs alignment. They're just in the wrong position. They're not where they need to be right now. They need someone that will lift up a standard. You know what? I don't think, now I'm not saying you don't have to use your mouth, because I'm sure you will, but sometimes the standard bearer, they just had lifted the flag. Lift the flag, not lifted. They just had to lift the flag. They just had to hold it high. They just said, hey, I'm over here. Like, here's the flag. I'm the flag guy. They lifted it. And held it high. So that others knew where they needed to be in the midst of this battle. There was a, there was a confidence in seeing the standard. There was an assurance in recognizing the, the banner. We're still in this. We're still a part of this fight. If Mike's still standing there without his flat, without his gun, I need to stand here and shoot. There's people who 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 need to know that that their allegiance, that that this is something worth fighting for. This is something worth being a part of. Because we win. I'm going to read verses that may seem familiar. Because I've read them several times in the last month. For you were once in darkness, but now you're in light. In, now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The world needs a standard. I'm sorry. The church needs a standard. The body of Christ needs a standard. The body of Christ needs men and women who are willing to hold the standard high no matter 
what? They're not worried about winning the argument. They're not worried about shooting or beating them up, but they're worried about holding the standard of God high. They're not worried about what's going to happen in this battle because they knew who the general is that sent them out on these fields. They're just worried about holding the standard of God high. I will tell you, the enemy is trying to steal our standard. He's trying to capture our flag. He's trying to come at it, and some people are ashamed to hold the standard high. Well, the enemy might attack me. People might think I'm foolish. Well, I'm telling you, the church, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God needs a standard. And maybe when you begin to hold it, someone else falls in line. And maybe as you continue to hold it, even when your arms are tired, someone else says that's, that's a cause worth fighting for. And maybe, just maybe, by you holding that standard, someone receives eternal victory. Because someone was willing to raise a standard. My heart, pastor's heart, in the chaos that is, in the confusion that's been. We'll just say the last year and a half, two years. We don't have to go much further than that. I'm telling you what this world, what the body of Christ, what, what children of God need are a standard. People who are willing to say, here is the staff. That God parted the Red Sea with. Here's the staff that he brought water from the rock with. Here is, here is the promise, the love, the banner over me. His banner, we sang that song, Oh, my beloved, and he is mine. His banner over me is. Here's the love of God that you need to see. It's not a love that says everything is okay. It's a love of God that wants nothing but the very best for you. That will call sin, sin, and what's wrong is wrong, and what's right is right. That's the banner the world needs to see. Will you raise it? It's a position of honor. It's a position of esteem. Can you lift it up? Father, we come to you this morning. And God, I believe that you're calling us to action. You know, you spoke to us to start swinging and and to come awake and and to use what we have as, as stewards of the king. But God, this morning, I believe that you're calling out to your church for someone to say, I will lift the banner. God, that you're calling out to someone in this place and you're saying, will you lift my standard? Will you raise my standard so, so that their family might see, so that their friends might see, so that they might see the, the kingdom of God and what it stands for?
It's a position of honor. It's a position of influence. God, I pray that we say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. I was thinking while I was praying, it's dangerous sometimes. You know, when you get handed a gun, someone's got to show you how to shoot it, right? We've got to show you how to tear it down and clean it up and put it back together. Well, I'm guessing the dude that got the flag, there wasn't a lot of training in that one. <laughs> Just told him. Sometimes we complicate what God wants us to do. Sometimes we make it way more complicated than it needs to be, and we say, oh, man, how do I do this? So I've got to lift it with my left hand and then place it in my right hand. Is my right hand on top of my left hand? Am I step with my left foot or right first? Am I supposed to swing it this way or that way? And God's just saying, just pick it up. Like, just lift that staff up. Just put it high. Just put the things that God is doing. I'm telling you, your testimony, he says the testimony of his children, it's powerful and effective. The word of God, the plans of God, the thing that God is doing in your life, there is power in that. Your staff, the things that represent what God has done in you and through you, the moment you recognized His love, the power of transformation in your life, just hold it high. Don't overthink it. I'm not trained. Pastor, I didn't go to flag bearing school. Just lift it up so others can see. We live in a dark world. Light will shine. Just let it shine. That's what people need. Amen? I'm going to have them lead us in a chorus, and we haven't had an opportunity to pray today. I want to give you a chance to respond to what God has done, but also open up the altars if you've got a need in your life or a situation you need pastor to stand with you for. I want to be able to stand with you. If you need to spend a moment asking God, what is my banner? Let him speak to you. Let him show you that staff, that that banner that is love that you can hold high. Let him show you the light that's coming from your life that you never thought was that bright. Let him show you the cool things that he's done to bring you where you are this day. So that the world can see his standard lifted high.